0: I finally started reading a book that's been on my to-read list since literally, the, actually before the day it came out. I put this on uh, my to-read list when, I, when it was announced that it was going to be published. I finally, on the flight back from Billings, Montana, yes, Billing Mon, Billings, Montana, all the way across the country to the East Coast, I finally started reading Molly Hemingway's new book. It is called Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and Democrats Seized Our Elections. Now, to be fair, I usually don't give book recommendations or even really talk about books until I've completed the books, because oftentimes the first chapters of books are interesting and then it peters out. That is not the case with this book. I am not finished with this book. I'm only a few chapters into this book, actually. It is fascinating. It is really, really well done. It is illuminating. And one of the games that I play with myself when I read books, especially if they're books by, um, not by, especially if they're books about current events, which I am very aware of or we've covered and talked about on this show or I've reported on, um, one of the games that I play is when I read these books, is there anything in the book that I didn't already know? You know you can you can talk about anything. you can talk about Black Lives Matter. you can talk about the women's March. you can talk about books about you, you know, just the stories that we talk about the scandals, the hunter Biden stuff, Biden's corruption. Um, A A to Z here, this book, Molly Hemingway, I want to give huge kudos here because there is there is information in this book that I did not know. and one of the main points that I want to pull, at least from the beginning of this book, like I said, I haven't finished it yet, is that the electioneering that the Democrats pulled off in 2020 that led them or led Biden to defeat Trump, it was electioneering, by the way. This was not something that was a haphazard strategy that they just quickly implemented in the face of this so-called COVID emergency. No, no. The electioneering that we saw in the summer of 2020, whether it's the universal mail-in ballots, whether it was the lack of signature verifications for absentee, whether it was um, states changing their election laws to allow votes to come in after the election when these election officials had no authority to change that law, only the legislature could change it, but the legislature didn't. All of these different things, the drop boxes twenty four seven, the lack of poll watchers that were holding election officials accountable, all of these different things that resulted in this election being electioneered in favor of Biden at the cost of the integrity of your and my vote. this was actually pre-planned. even before, The COVID pandemic happened. As early as January 2020, Molly does an amazing job running through this. As early as January of 2020, a Democrat super lawyer, I know that's not a real word, but that's what he calls himself because he's a big self promoter, a Democrat super lawyer by the name of Mark Elias. Yes, you might recognize that name. This Democrat super lawyer, Mark Elias, had actually proposed that Democrats begin to push for these very same quote unquote election reforms, these very same election policies, because he knew. If these election reforms were implemented, it would favor the Democrats so heavily that the Democrats would win the election. Now, it would favor the Democrats so heavily, not because it just enabled everybody their chance to vote, not because it gave voters the information that they needed to choose the Democrats as the candidate they would vote for. No, no. He knew that it would favor Democrats because it was unfair, because it made not an election day, but an election season. Those are Molly Hemingway's words, an amazing description of what happened, because it protected It did not protect against the vulnerability of fraud, the kind of fraud that's very difficult to establish as a fact afterward. But beforehand, when you look at the vulnerability, it would be very easy to carry out. Mark Elias was the one who proposed universal mail-in ballots, degrading signature verification, the drop boxes, 24 hours, early voting, late voting, changing the dates on when a vote could be counted, these lack of poll watchers, all of these different things that cost us the 2020 election. Mark Elias was the one who pushed the Democratic Party to adopt these reforms. The Democratic Party was just able to do it so quickly and with so little resistance from Republicans because of COVID-19. This is not the first that we ever heard of Mark Elias either. Mark Elias is known as this election fixer. He's known for going into races that were very close, sometimes even when the Democrat candidate in the race, not just a presidential race, down ballot races as well, and fixing it. And when I say fixing it, I don't mean that in the, posi- in the with a positive connotation. I'm talking about when Al Franken won his Senate seat, except Al Franken didn't actually win his Senate seat. He lost that race by hundreds of votes. And once he lost that race, Mark Elias, this Democrat super attorney that specializes in election litigation, was brought in. He spent the next months in litigation over this election, the result of which was Al Franken coming out on top of that election, winning that seat. And when Al Franken won his seat, that one seat gave the Democrats the supermajority in the Senate at the time, and was the reason that Obamacare was passed into law. Without Al Franken in that seat in the United States Senate, Obamacare would never have passed, would never be the law of the land. And Mark Elias was the one who was brought into that election when Franken had lost, and after months and months of litigation, litigation suddenly Al Franken was seated in the United States Senate. Like I said, absolute kudos to Molly Hemingway for unpacking this. This book is riveting and I'm not even uh, halfway through it. And the other thing, the one last comment that I would make about Mark Elias, a week before Terry McAuliffe lost the election to Glenn Youngkin in the state of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe hired Mark Elias and that's not That's not the last we're seeing of Mark Elias. No, no. Mark Elias was also associated with a huge bombshell story that broke last week. We're going to talk about that in just a second. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. Mark Elias might be the most powerful, influential person in Democratic politics, and I'm including... When I say the most powerful, I'm including Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton and AOC and Nancy Pelosi. Mark Elias might be more powerful than all of them. We're gonna talk about that in just a second, but first I wanna to talk to you about Hartford Gold. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed everything is getting expensive. We are in the biggest economic crisis since 2008. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years. Inflation is certainly here to stay. And if the government continues its out of control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. So how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help you move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA. And they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them right now. Call 866-781-7499. That's 866-781-7499. Or text Liz to 65532. Again, that's 866 866- 781-7499, or text Liz to 65532. Okay, Mark Elias, this name. This is a name that really should live in infamy in our country because his legacy, what he has left behind, the imprint that he has made in our country is not a positive one. In fact, it's a, it's a negative one. It's a danger to our democracy to co-opt one of the Democrats' favorite ter- terms. So last week, um, last week, as you know, Christopher Steele's primary subsource was indicted by Durham. So Christopher Steele was the author of the infamous The Salacious, the widely debunked Christopher Steele dossier, the dossier that was the impetus of the entire Russia collusion investigation into Donald Trump. The Christopher Steele dossier Um, was obviously authored by Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele being the ex-British spy who was hired by Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS being the firm that was hired by the Hillary Clinton campaign to dig up dirt on Donald Trump. Well, who exactly in the Hillary Clinton campaign hired Fusion GPS? Oh, well, look at that name. Mark Elias. Mark Elias hired Fusion GPS on behalf of Hillary Clinton to dig up dirt on Donald Trump that resulted in Christopher Steele being hired to create this salacious dossier that Adam Schiff and the Democrats used to accuse President Trump of treason to hogtie his entire presidency in this Russian collusion investigation run by a decrepit Robert Mueller who spent 30, just spent so much of our money. It's, you can't even picture the piles of money. All to find that it was false, that the Trump campaign and no Trump associate, not Donald Trump himself, nobody involved with the campaign, colluded with the Russians, that this was just plain old fake news. Mark Elias was at, was a critical player. He was at the bottom of this. He's the one who hired Fusion GPS. It, it, and by the way, Mark Elias, it, it goes deeper than this. Mark Elias had to have had an idea that the Steele dossier was false. Just like every other thinking person in our country who wasn't, who wasn't so blinded by bias and partisanship and hatred of Donald Trump that they pretended something that they should have known was false, was true. Mark Elias actually testified that he was aware that Fusion GPS had a plan to have Christopher Steele himself brief news reporters, mainstream media personalities, about, um, about Donald Trump during the 2016 campaign. Elias was the one who met with Christopher Steele. So he's not so far removed from the Steele dossier that he was just the one who, you know, signed on the dotted line for Hillary Clinton's campaign to hire Fusion GPS. No, no. This was a man who met with Christopher Steele. Met with Christopher Steele. So Christopher Steele's main uh, primary source, Igor Denchenko, was arrested by federal authorities. He was um, indicted on five charges of lying to the FBI. Lying to the FBI. Um, essentially, Danchenko lied about his contacts with Russians. You know, Danchenko's main argument was that he was told by a reliable source that Trump was colluding with the Russians. Well, um, Danchenko lied. He was told by no one. He, in fact, he, he said, this was the, the specific allegation that Danchenko steals primary source or subsource. Um, Danchenko alleged that he received a call from the Russian reporter. He was also a Russian businessman named uh, Sergei Milian. This was the source of the allegation that Trump was colluding with Russia. Well, Milian says, no, he never made that call. He never talked to Igor Danchenko about any such thing, that this is false. And if you, if you follow the footprints of this, just with very little investigation, you see that in this case, Sergei Milian is actually telling the truth, that this call never happened. Well, that is what the indictment against Igor Danchenko. It's Igor Danchenko lied about talking, lied about this phone call with Sergei Milian. This was the absolute basis for the entire investigation, and it is 100,000% false. And Mark Elias met with Steele during the campaign. He knew Steele was gonna leak these allegations to the press, which was uh, a way of basically condemning Trump in the court of public opinion, instead of allowing this to be investigated, if it even needed to be investigated. The FBI never should have actually investigated this because they know that Christopher Steele is an unreliable source. And they could never substantiate any of the allegations in the dossier. And that's in the handwriting of FBI and DOJ uh, personnel. They knew that the Steele dossier was unsubstantiated and yet they used it as impetus to target a duly elected president and try to unseat him. And Mark Elias was part of this. Mark Elias was a part of this. By the way, Mark Elias was also the general counsel for guess who? Guess who's presidential, failed presidential campaign Mark Elias served as the chief counsel? Yes, that's right, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris hired Mark Elias to serve as her chief counsel. As I said, Mark Elias might be one of the most influential Democrats in the entire country. And yet we've heard his name in passing, we might recognize it as associated with the Russia collusion allegations, but did we know that Mark Elias was the most influential person in electioneering the 2020 presidential election? Molly Hemingway exposes um, exposes that part. Again, an f- absolutely fabulous book so far. I will let you know when once I do conclude it. This is also why yesterday I was talking about which federal agencies ought to be abolished. Um, I said the the TSA ought to be abolished. This is also why, this is just another reminder why the FBI should be abolished as well. The FBI is corrupt to the core. I understand that we need um, not federal law enforcement um, in the sense that we don't have state and local law enforcement. But yeah, there are federal crimes that require federal law enforcement officers. I get that. But the FBI is not serving their duty. The FBI is so incredibly corrupt that they deserve to be abolished. They need to be raised to the ground. And if, if, if they can prove themselves, then we can build up a smaller, more accountable, more transparent federal law enforcement agency. But the FBI, I mean, they've they have they've lost all credibility and it's shocking. And by the way, speaking of credibility, speaking of credibility, let's not forget the man who was behind the Russia collusion investigation from the elected official standpoint. I'm talking about good old pencil neck himself. I'm talking about Adam Schiff. When Adam Schiff was confronted With this indictment of Igor Danchenko, with the fact that the Steele dossier, which he has claimed to be true for years and years and years, when Adam Schiff was confronted with this truth that the Steele dossier was false, you won't believe how he responded. We're going to watch that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Paint Your Life. Paintyourlife.com is just as cool as it sounds. You literally get to turn your favorite memories into art that lasts forever. So you submit a photo, a picture, of your most emotional life moment. You submit this photo, and an artist paints it into a painting. It's such a meaningful gift. I love this sort of thing. And when I first heard of this, I thought, well, that's really cool, but I bet it must be very expensive, probably out of my price range. Well, not so, not so. Um, And in fact, it's not only affordable. When you submit your photo, you get to approve the draft before they ship it, but when they do ship it, it arrives to you in as little as two weeks. Two weeks. So if you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try paintyourlife.com. You get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. You can even combine photos of people and places you love into one painting. It's fast. As I said, you can receive your portrait in as little as two weeks. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk involved. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting, 20% off, and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word Liz to 64,000. That's Liz to 64,000. Paint Your Life helps you celebrate the moments that matter the most. So when good old pencil knack, Adam Schiff, was confronted with the fact that the steel dossier that he'd claimed was true for what, the last five years or something, is actually a steaming pile of garbage. It is false to the very core. Adam Schiff didn't admit that he was wrong. No, no, he is the most arrogant
1: tool you have ever heard, listen to him. So I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, you've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you've defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people?
2: Well, first of all, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. uh, And they are. Uh, And unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, If people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, But at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump and campaign. And to be clear, he
1: was fired halfway through the campaign.
2: Well, he may have been fired, Yeah. but the the effort to get Russian help continued and even beyond the effort to get Russian help. But you may have spread Russian disinformation
1: yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel committee chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this.
2: Well, I, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm-hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is mm-hmm. impossible, of course, to do. But, but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, mm. which he did, uh, into inciting an erection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, None of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele.
1: No, I think just your credibility is.
0: Wait a second, wait a second. Did Schiff just say incite an erection? Did anyone else hear that? He did not say incite an insurrection. He literally said incite an erection and then he corrected himself. How, why would nobody on the View panel point that out. That's disgusting. Adam Schiff, disgusting, incited an erection. Um, The uh, the perhaps more important part of here, there was no way to know Steele was lying. He said, are you joking? Christopher Steele was widely known to be a non-credible source. He was widely known to violate the idea that an FBI source doesn't talk to the media. The FBI knew that Christopher Steele was unreliable. They have notes that say so. Adam Schiff, I don't believe that Adam Schiff believed the Steele dossier. If Adam Schiff believed the Steele dossier, it's only because he told himself over and over, I want this to be true so much that it's going to be true. It is true, I want it to be true. He might have tricked himself into believing that it was true, but I do not believe for one second that Adam Schiff believed this at the onset. He just knew it would be a strategy and a tool to take down President Trump, and so he convinced himself that that it was true so that he could wage this attack, and it almost worked. It almost worked, except the fact that there are good, honest, moral, investigative journalists on the right who care about the truth, care about reality, care about the credibility of these sources and these allegations, and debunked them one by one in the face of opposition from the mainstream media, from Democrats, even from the deep state in Washington, D.C. But imagine if this had been successful. Imagine if this had been successful in using fake news to remove a duly elected president from office after the American people voted and said, this is the man we want to represent us in the Oval Office as the chief executive, the president of the United States. Imagine being one of those people who pushed this. There's an incredible Twitter thread um, by Drew Holden where he goes through different media members, mainstream media personalities, who pushed the SEAL dossier. And how now that the Steele dossier has been debunked, they're silent. They're absolutely quiet. They don't correct the record. They don't apologize. They don't change their story. They haven't changed their beliefs or their values or their political party. They hate Trump so much, they're willing to embrace a lie. MSNBC is at the forefront here. MSNBC, as a network, pushed James Comey. Comey, who said that Steele was considered credible by the FBI. Rachel Maddow specifically, shame on her. Said, is there anything in the dossier that has been disproven? She asked this to Jim Clapper or to James Clapper, Clapper said no. MSNBC pushed this. Jane Mayer at the New Yorkers wrote a piece, a glowing profile of Christopher Steele called How the Ex-Spy Tried to Warn the World About Trump's Ties to Russia. Jennifer Rubin, who pretends she's still a Republican when she's obviously no such thing, says McCain's Republican colleagues surely knew that McCain, just like Steele, was doing the proper and patriotic thing by providing important information to the FBI. Max Boot said, remember Trump and Russia? A lot of it is bearing out, says an intelligence official. Joy Reid, oh, shocker that Joy Reid jumped on something that was false and purported it to be true. Joy Reid said, why are Republican senators attacking Chris Steele and Fusion GPS, instead of focusing on the Russian threat to them, their staff, and our democracy? It goes on and on and on. Brian Stelter actually tweeted a quote from Steele himself saying, they're trying to take down the whole intelligence community, they being Republicans, and they're using me as a battering ram to do it. Each and every one of these people their actions contributed to what would have been the biggest travesty that our republic in an electoral sense has ever faced. If a duly elected president of the United States was removed from office based on a conspiracy of lies that was implemented by the mainstream media, by the Democratic Party, and by the deep state, infiltrated by people who hate Donald Trump and don't respect our republic, if that had been successful, each and every one of these mainstream media talking heads would have been culpable. If that doesn't give you the chills, then I don't know what what will. And this all comes back to Mark Elias. It comes back to Mark Elias because Mark Elias, on behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign, contracted Fusion GPS, who contracted Christopher Steele, to create the salacious, dirty, debunked, false Steele dossier. A dossier whose main allegation that Trump colluded with Russia was based on a lie and the liar who contributed that lie to the dossier was just arrested by federal authorities for lying to the FBI. And yet, how does the left react to this? How do the Democrats respond? What do they do? What do they say? How can they rectify matters? Well, what they do is they accuse you of being racist. We're gonna get to that in a second, but first I wanna talk to you about disco. I think it's pretty universal that if you are a man, You now know that you should be using some sort of skincare products on your face because don't you want to eliminate those bags under your eyes or maybe is your skin too dry? Does your partner want you to take some extra changes? Are you tired of razor burns? Are you unhappy with the way your skin looks and you're not sure how to go about addressing the issues? If any of these ring a bell with you, then you should try the skincare line that my husband has been using recently. It's called Disco. Disco is a clean skincare brand based in Austin, Texas. My husband actually asked me this morning after we woke up and we were getting ready for our day. He goes, How does my face look? Does it does it does it look younger and, and, and fresher? And it actually, it actually did. His skin looked very nice. All disco products are created specifically for male skin issues like under eye bags, dark circles, acne, razor burn, oily skin, dry skin, and wrinkles. These products are easy to use. They're effective and they're affordable. They take the guesswork out of taking care of your skin. They have a set, a starter set, so that you know what to do. There's no, like I said, there's no guesswork here. So if you want to check out Disco and try their incredible skincare products for yourself, we have a special offer for the Liz Wheeler Show audience. Go to letsdisco.com and enter Liz at checkout for 30% off your first order. That's letsdisco.com with Liz for 30% off your first order. And thank you, Disco, for this incredible offer for viewers of the Liz Wheeler Show. So how does the left react when this entire house of cards that they've built to try to take down a duly elected president falls and they are exposed as the liars that they are? That they pushed this lie. They would have been culpable had this conspiracy of lies taken down the duly elected president that the people chose to represent them as the chief executive, the president of the United States. Well, the left reacts by simply saying, Um, you're racist, you're all racist. Everything you do and everything you say is racist. You are inherently racially biased just based on the amount of melanin that's in your skin. Even if you hold no views that are demeaning to people of other races or other colors, still you've benefited from institutions of white supremacy. You're standing on the shoulders of evil and therefore you're tainted by it. You are bad and there's nothing you can do to get around it. That's what Democrats do every single time something happens in our country. Every time they've constructed this strategy where every time something happens, especially when Democrats are to blame, they flip it on its head and turn it around and accuse you and me and the entire United States of America of being fundamentally racist, illegitimate, a country that should be torn down and we're responsible, responsible for its badness. Think about Kenosha, Wisconsin. In the wake of the police-involved shooting of Jacob Blake, a criminal with an outstanding arrest warrant, who was assaulting a woman, had the police called on her. When the police arrived, he resisted arrest, he fought with the police officers, he ran away, he tried to steal a car, he opened the car door, reached in for a weapon, causing police to shoot him because they feared for their lives. In the wake of this Black Lives Matter tore apart Kenosha, Wisconsin. They burned things down, literally. They looted from stores. There were millions and millions and millions of dollars in damages to innocent business owners, hurting, Communities of color, specifically in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And so then you had Kyle Rittenhouse, who's on trial right now for murder. You would Kyle Rittenhouse come into Kenosha with an AR-15, a firearm, to defend the property against the arson and the destruction and the vandalism. When he was attacked, and there's video footage proving this, in addition to at the trial, one of the men that he shot, the one who survived, said that Kyle Rittenhouse did not open fire until... The man that he shot had first aimed a firearm at Kyle. But in the the wake of this evidence coming forth at the trial, we don't have Democrats saying, you know what? We were wrong about the shooting of Jacob Blake. This man was not an innocent unarmed black man that was indiscriminately killed by police just because he had black skin. You do not hear the left saying, you know what? Even if the police involved shooting was wrong, the correct course of action or the recourse here is not, to, is not to burn up the city of Kenosha. It's not to ruin innocent people's lives. That's not gonna help anybody. It's simply gonna harm the people you claim to want to champion. No, no, the left doesn't do this. The left labeled Kyle Rittenhouse as a white supremacist and labels anybody who defends Kyle's right to due process under the law and a right to self-defense as a white supremacist. We have LeBron James. Can we show this tweet from LeBron James? Yesterday during the trial, Kyle Rittenhouse broke down in sobs. I wouldn't even call this breaking down in tears because Kyle Rittenhouse broke down in sobs. And before we get into this, I I actually, I, I wanna show this clip first because this reaction, this tweet from LeBron James, this is actually in reaction to what happened to Kyle Rittenhouse when he was testifying on the stand. And Kyle was testifying about what caused him to feel that he had no other course of action but to open fire on those who were attacking him. He testified that he felt trapped with no other option. And then he broke down in sobs. Take a look.
3: There were... There were three people right there. They could be
2: Right, run. Right. <laughs> we're gonna just take time
3: for our break anyway. You, you can uh, just relax for a minute, sir. Um, we're gonna take a break.
0: So LeBron James tweets, and this is when we can show this, what tears? I didn't see one. Man, knock it off. That boy ate some lemon heads before walking into court with laughing emojis. LeBron, what is wrong with you? Anybody with any idea of what PTSD looks like knows that that was a panic attack, a full-blown panic attack, someone who was reliving the most horrific moment of their life where they felt trapped and their life was in danger. The fact that you can dismiss this, even regardless of what you think the verdict should be, you can dismiss this is so unfeeling. Why don't you start talking to me about the tears coming from the Uyghur people? in their slave camps, their concentration camps, their re-education camps. These children who are ripped apart from their parents, their parents who are forced to divorce, forced to separate, forced to undergo religious indoctrination in order to re-educate them on their own religious beliefs, abused, treated as slaves, gang-raped, forced to undergo abortions, the victims of organ harvesting. And you, LeBron, you pretend to be a champion for human rights here in our country, but you refuse to condemn the Chinese Communist Party for that abuse, in fact, you defend them? Well, I think you can just sit down then. I honestly don't care what LeBron James's views on Kyle Rittenhouse are. I don't expect LeBron James to have a good take on Kyle Rittenhouse. Because you can, under, we talked about this in the show yesterday, you can actually think that what Kyle Rittenhouse did by arriving in Kenosha, Wisconsin and taking part in the defense of the city. You can think that that was unwise for a 17 year old to do. I do, I think it was unwise. If I were his parents, I would never have let him do that. I don't think he should have put himself in that position in the first place. But you can hold that view and sincerely and strongly defend his right to self-defense because once he was in that situation, whether or not he should have been in that situation or whether it was wise for him to be in that situation, it's completely notwithstanding. Once he's in that situation, all that matters is, does he have a right to self-defense if his life is threatened? And the answer to that is yes. So I don't care what LeBron James's views are on that. I don't care. LeBron James has proved himself to have idiotic views on police-involved shootings. He's completely out of touch with the American people, completely out of touch with minority communities who need police to keep their communities safe. But the fact that he would tweet something like this in the face of defending the Chinese Communist Party who actually oppress people, actually murder people, actually kill people, actually violate people based on the color of their skin or their religious beliefs? LeBron James, you should be ashamed, that's disgusting, but this is what Democrats do. This is what Democrats do. They don't want to have a conversation about anything wrong that the left has ever done, that the left tried to stage a literal coup. They used a false dossier to try to unseat the duly elected president. They don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about how they were part of it. And so they just try to accuse you and me, any Republican, of being a racist. The left literally wants a mistrial in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, a mistrial where he would have another trial. So it's, I'm not talking about a mistrial with prejudice, which would mean he can't be tried again. No, they want a mistrial. Why? Because the judge presiding over this trial, his cell phone rang um, this week during during the proceedings, and the ringtone on his cell phone was God bless the USA. Take a listen to this.
3: I I don't think that's necessarily what I'm supposed to do. But I think the court has to make some findings as it relates to the bad faith on the part of the prosecution. And if the court makes a finding that uh, the actions that I had talked about were done in bad faith, then I think both elements.
0: God bless the USA. The left wants a mistrial because the judge had God bless the USA as his ringtone. Why? What exactly about God bless the USA would cause this to be an unfair proceeding? Oh, oh, I see. Because the left thinks if you love the United States of America, if you're a patriot, then you must be a Republican. And if you're a Republican, then you must be a racist. And if you're a racist, then you shouldn't be allowed to take part in society. And therefore it's fundamentally unfair to the entire trial if the judge has a ringtone of God bless the USA. I'm not kidding. This is not hyperbolic. This is what the left, this is an argument the left is actually making this week. They know this trial is not going well for the prosecution. The prosecutor is a repugnant, arrogant, I don't know a nice word for this, little a-hole. He's terrible at his job. There actually should be a mistrial in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, but it should be a mistrial with prejudice. A mistrial with prejudice means that the trial is over and Kyle cannot be retried. And the reason that there should be a, a mistrial is because this prosecutor, who's an experienced trial attorney, he knows what is proper and what is improper. He used a piece of evidence, he used a piece, not evidence, he used a piece of information in the trial that the judge had told him he was not allowed to use. He used it anyway. Why would he do this? Well, perhaps because he wants to trigger a mistrial because he knows that this is headed towards acquittal. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is an unjust, slimy, smarmy tactic. And thank goodness this judge called him out. Take a listen.
3: Your Honor, I don't want to, I don't want to jury here. He's commenting on my client's right to remain silent. You know, Your Honor, I am making the point that after hearing everything in the case now he's tailoring his story to what has already been introduced That's the problem is this is a grave constitutional violation for you to talk about the defendant's silence and that is and and, the, and you're right you're right on the you're right on the borderline and you may you may be over but uh, it better stop Understood. This is—I can't think of the case, the initial case on it—but it's uh, this is not permitted. All right, ask the jury to come in, please.
0: But is the left talking about that a legitimate reason for a mistrial with prejudice? No, 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 no. The left is talking about God bless the USA. How dare the judge have that on their ringtone? Because every time the left wants to avoid or deflect or brush something under the rug or excuse their behavior or refuse to apologize or double down on their lies. They just turn everything on its head and accuse you and the Republican party and the entire United States of America of being racist. This is what Jimmy Kimmel did actually. Joe Biden has the worst approval rating of his entire presidency. Kamala Harris, her approval rating is absolutely underwater. It's horrendous. And the reason for that, the reason for both of their approval ratings or their high disapproval ratings is obvious. Biden is presiding over the absolute worst economy based on his choices, in addition to angering the whole country with his botched withdrawal of Afghanistan, in addition to spending so much of our money that inflation is going up, ignoring the shipping container crisis and the supply chain problem. I mean, his COVID paranoia is causing people to lose their jobs and lose their businesses. He's tyrannical. He's issued these unconstitutional vaccine mandates, and those are just to name a few. Kamala Harris. Oh, the border crisis, Kamala Harris and the border crisis. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Do you think possibly that Kamala Harris's lack of approval rating is based on the fact that we have a border crisis that is a national security risk, that will burden our welfare, that is a threat to the sovereignty of our nation, that is unfair to immigrants, legal immigrants who come here the right way, and she doesn't even deign to visit the border? She dismisses this and refuses to call it a crisis. Do you think, do you think possibly that her disapproval rating has to do with that? Well, no, not if you're Jimmy Kimmel. If you're Jimmy Kimmel, then you accuse um, the American people of being too racist and sexist to like Kamala Harris. Take a listen.
3: If anything can get the American people fired up, it's infrastructure. So, <laughs> and Biden is alone. If Americans really aren't happy with this vice president, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has an approval rating of 28%, which is, makes no sense because she basically has nothing to do. I mean, it's like <laughs> criticizing a backup quarterback. Is Tom Brady's Okay. I don't love the way Blaine Gabbert has his legs folded on the bench. I have to be honest. Kamala's approval rating uh, of 28% is even lower than the 30% who approved of Dick Cheney in 2008 after he shot a guy in the face. (laughs) I think these people are forgetting that at least 10% of of those polled approved of Dick Cheney because he shot a guy in the face. (laughs) I think I know why Kamala's ratings are low. Besides sexism and racism, which are the obvious ones. It's because whenever she's next to Joe, standing near him, behind him, she looks like an assassin. She looks like (laughs) Nebula next to Thanos, ready to... Right? Especially with a mask.
0: Oh, we're too racist and sexist to like Kamala Harris. Well, here's my question, Jimmy. What about the Democratic primary when Kamala Harris got less than 3% of the total vote from the Democrats, only the Democrats. Only Democrats are allowed to vote in Democratic primaries. Less than 3% of Democrats voted for Kamala Harris. How come? Are Democrats too racist for Kamala Harris? Are Democrats too sexist for Kamala Harris? What could possibly be the explanation for Democrats in the Democratic primary rejecting Kamala Harris? Oh, well, there's a question I don't think Jimmy Kimmel wants to answer because people's dislike of Kamala Harris has nothing to do with her race, nothing to do with her sex. It has everything to do with who she is and what she stands for. The fact that she abuses her power, she's in bed with Planned Parenthood. She targeted David Daleiden, an investigative journalist, raided his apartment in California when she was attorney general. She is the most liberal, or was the most liberal senator in the United States Senate. And now, what, she she has a fake French accent on her goodwill tour to France? while she ignores the United States border. She complains about work that Biden gives her to do because she just wants to be a star. But we're too racist and sexist, I guess just like the Democrat primary voters because they know that Kamala Harris is a truly awful individual. The only racist and sexist thing about Kamala Harris being vice president is Joe Biden picking her to be vice president because he picked Kamala Harris, not because she was popular, not because she was competent, not because of her viewpoints. He picked her because of her characteristics because he needed a token woman and a token woman of color to be his running mate in order, to win the, in order to win the presidency. So there is racism, there is sexism associated with Kamala Harris, and it all comes from the left. I believe we have a locals VIP of the week about to appear right here on the Vesta Board. The great and powerful Jay Hay has sent the information to the Vesta Board. Our locals VIP of the week, oh, he hasn't sent it yet. He says in my ear with a groan. Um, it will come. But let me tell you about Locals. Locals is the great a great platform. There are tens of thousands of us uh, over on Locals at the Liz Wheeler Show community. It is a censorship-free platform where we can say whatever we want. We don't even have to self-censor. Thanks to my pal Dave Rubin for inventing this. Our Locals VIP of the Week is Peter Y. Why- oh, I love the name Peter. Peter Y is our Locals VIP of the Week. Peter, welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. We are delighted to have you. As you know, there are ad-free episodes, extended episodes with additional content just for locals, uh, VIPs or supporters. We have exclusive interview segments. We have live streams. We have question and answer. And as always, we have discussion of the topics that the mainstream media, the left and big tech tells us are untouchable. Peter, please introduce yourself. Say hi. Tell us where you're from. Tell us um, why you joined the Liz Wheeler Show community and what in, what issues are most important to you in our nation. Anybody who's not parked, please join us at lizwheelershow.com slash locals. It's a great group of folks over there. And uh, I look forward to meeting Peter and the rest of you who are going to join after hearing this. Um, Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to your pods. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerella, Sound Mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of Marketing, Emily Washler. Production and Talent Coordinator, Matt Toffler. And Senior Publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront Production.